I'm Sergeant 18, and this is Lights in the Sky Podcast. Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast, episode 78, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. I'm Tony. And this is a very special episode. This is where of... we need someone to say, I'm Sargel, 18. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, we spoiled it last week. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very special episode of Lights in the Sky podcast. The first uh, substantial interview we've got, no offense, uh, Jim. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> the first substantial interview we've done. Um, so I caught up with none other than Sarge L18. Um, anyone who listened last week would have heard the little intro I did there. But um, basically, Sarge L18 is somebody who has travelled to vortexes and um, met beings from interdimensional our inter interdimensional multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind enough to uh, chat with me for you know half an hour, forty minutes, something like that. So, um, thought it would be quite good to throw at our dear listeners, um, anything that I, in speaking with, um, Sargell 18 and we've been in touch kind of since, um, via chat and things like that. Um, he's got an answer for everything. It's, it's absolutely fascinating talking to him. He does. There's, there's not even like, there's a pause for, uh, thought or trying to sort of just formulate something. He just knows the answer. He, mm. you know, it's almost like he knows what you're going to ask him and he's just, Iron on out. Yeah, speaks very um, confidently about yeah. uh, the stuff that he knows. Um, you listened to the interview. Did you have any thoughts? Um, I think yeah. I just I was really struck by just some of the very interesting thoughts he put forward and the confidence that he conveyed himself with. Um, just the depth of knowledge on the subject of uh, multiverse and cause and it, his experience. It sounds like a very confusing subject, but if I understand it correctly, he's not purely a, a regular human being type person is that quite right he's sort of got certain uh, attributes and abilities that yeah. are that, that have come from this uh, was it the philadelphia experiment yeah so that's probably worth um touching on at the front end because i do ask him about it but only towards the end so um he, so when you said front end it's nearly a dick joke time and i know we're trying to keep this highbrow yeah, this is so. a dick jokeless week yeah from what I can remember of how the we're interview gone went. Dickless Visage <laughs> Um so and no, we're not calling the episode that. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, he uh is one of thirteen um uh people to have come out of the Philadelphia experience uh, experiments and um he um I guess it would be pretty self explanatory. He can uh travel to vortexes um and interact with beings from the other parts of the Mm. multiverse if vortexes gave you like frequent flyer air miles he would be like a gold frequent flyer yeah maybe more he'd be like the chairman's lounge type thing (laughs) Yeah. yeah um so the other thing um i think i end up plugging it in the episode but just to make sure um you can find uh sarge l18 on uh the youtubes He's got a series that he's doing there, which involves him going through a bunch of um, 
of uh, photos that he's taken at the vortex or with beings from the from the vortex um if you just look up sarge l18 on youtube he's right there so no no spaces s-a-r-g-e-l 18 um and um he's got a bunch of um of uh videos up there that are that are fascinating to to work your way through um and he's also on twitter as well um i believe as just at sarge l18 um just quickly googling that in the background i thought like from the the range of topics covered in, in the interview there was there were dinosaurs witches vampires aliens extraterrestrials and there is a difference yep. if you um if you weren't aware i made that mistake but it was yep. quickly corrected uh new zealanders australians they were in there <laughs> yep <laughs> uh scottish castles i think was it was one part with that yeah was, that was that was intriguing um yeah uh the afterlife yeah and uh, what happens when you die uh what 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 sort of ghosts and hauntings may be mm-hmm. um so it's a pretty broad as, as well as some tv show picks he gives some good tv <laughs> show picks so if you're looking for your net uh, net uh next netflix binge there's mm-hmm. a couple in there for you as well yeah yeah so um yeah that that uh probably teases it up nicely but yeah on uh facebook he's sarjel 18 you can find him there um he's got a page and twitter is the same at sarjel 18 so nice and easy to find but um yeah fascinating to to talk to and um we will be in touch to keep talking yeah even talks about getting laid on mars so how about that had to bring it down um so <laughs> hey, it's it's a it's a really interesting interview there's a lot of ground covered it really from is. vampires to mars sex it's uh <laughs> yeah there's, there's lots of good stuff in there um i'm sure you'll enjoy it <laughs> okay so without further ado um lights in the sky podcast proudly presents our interview with sarge l18 i'm a wee clap here So our next guest is one that I've followed ever since hearing him on a podcast in 2011, speaking in detail about visits to vortexes and encounters with beings too numerous to mention. The discoverer of orbs and and New Jersey, if not the world's leading extraterrestrial expert. Host of Sarge L18 Stranger Universe on YouTube, welcome to the podcast, Sarge L18. Thank you, and thanks for having me, Luke. And, uh, um... Glad to be talking to my friends in Australia. <laughs> Close. Uh, we get that a lot. We're in New Zealand. Oh, you're in New I have friends there, too. Excellent. I have friends there, too. Yes, a lot of followers in New Zealand and a lot of followers in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Yep. I've got family in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice one. Um, so how's that for an intro? Anything else you want to add for those that don't know you yet? What's your? Should we kick into a little bit of your backstory? Well, all right. Um, the only thing about the intro, intro is I have no experience with ETs, only aliens. Uh-huh. And uh, because, as I've stated many times uh, over the last 25 years, ETs haven't come and visited us yet, yet only aliens from the multiverse. There's a big difference between the two, but that uh, seemed to have gotten meshed all together over the last uh, 100 years. And... Uh, I always try to correct people with that so that they know where I'm coming from. Excellent. So, so the difference being that, um, that, uh, extraterrestrials are from 
our universe, our our little plane in the multiverse, uh, but you know, among the stars that haven't got to Earth yet. And right. what you're talking about is aliens from the other parts of the multiverse, right? Right, absolutely. ETs come from another place in third dimension, the same dimension that we're in, other planets, other galaxies, and aliens come from the multiverse, which has infinite number of Earths and worlds and galaxies like ours, well, somewhat like ours, not, not all physically in the same properties and the same inhabitants, of course, as uh, proven by my evidence of the vortex, but... Uh, yeah, that's basically the gist. And it, that's the biggest problem, Luke, uh, in the world of the paranormal. And over the last thousand years, let's say, of human civilization, the powers that be that run the construct like to mesh everything together um, instead of simplifying it, complicating it, even though they act like they're simplifying it. And mm. that keeps people from finding the truth. And as long as you you follow that avenue that they've designed, your, your chance of finding a vortex is about as, the same as hitting the mega lottery here in America. <laughs> um, so uh, why do you think that is? Are they trying to kind of um, muddy the waters so that people can't find it? Or um... Well, that's a question that I've been pondering for a long time. As I have stated and shown people, uh, I've worked with DARPA, Defense Intelligence, uh, Homeland Security, FBI, CIA, more acronyms than you could uh, name. <laughs> and for the life of me, I can't figure out why they aren't telling the world about this and teaching people about the multiverse and the, uh, and the uh, civilizations that, that inhabit it and come back and forth from Earth and then back to their world be good and bad, the ones, um, unless there's an underlying insidious underlying reason that they don't want people to know, which, uh, as I said, for the life of me, it, it just doesn't make sense. There's some kind of deals going down, and um, the powers that be for as long, well, actually, let's not even say a thousand years. Let's go back 2,000 years. Let's go back to where they created the Bible in about 170 A.D. They left so much stuff out of that that it's ridiculous um, when it comes to understanding reality, God, the multiverse, and, and, and all these, these things of truth. And uh, they've kept people towing a line. And then, of course, in 1947... You know, with the possibility of Roswell, there is no real proof of Roswell, and I'm all about proof. So I can only say it might have happened. They mm. put out and put into people's reality about uh, ETs and clunky, big-lighted, domed UFOs and saucers and stuff, which so there are some, or there were some, but they've been quite more advanced since then. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, they want people to think this, man. And it, it's just beyond my comprehension on why they do, unless there's some reason that they just don't want us to know that would make them look bad. With um, with the the multiverses, um, is it, does time work the same in, in all of them? Or is there a, you know, a reason that maybe we, the reason we can't see it is because um, 
you know, we don't have that ability to move through time, but somebody potentially has seen why it needs to be this way? There, time is a construct that we came up with humans to handle reality, third dimensional reality. I mean, Einstein worked a lot with time and all that, and I have certain bits of evidence that uh, challenges Einstein's theory on time. But uh, that's a human construct, time. Right. Now, time is in an infinite loop, as proven by the, some, a lot of the evidence, actually, that I have taken at the vortex. I mean, one night I'm standing there in, a, in, the, in third dimension at the vortex in a, in a field, basically, that used to be a river. And I turn around and there's a 150 million year old dinosaur swimming <laughs> in its natural ocean environment right in front of me about 10 feet off the ground. And he turns and looks at me. So at that point, and Jersey, New Jersey was underwater at the time. Uh, Pennsylvania right. is where the shore was. Um, ah, right. plants and, and all that. We have a lot of plant fossils here. Uh, tremendous amount of plant fossils in uh, eastern Pennsylvania. So that was the shore. But where the vortex was 150 million years ago, that was still quite under the ocean. And not only did, he, did I see him, but he turned and looked at me. So in his reality... 150 million years ago, looking for food in the ocean, he turns and I guess he sees a window or a bubble or however he saw it. And there's a guy standing 150 million years in the future in a dry field with a camera in his hand. <laughs> so uh, in, uh, in our reality, um, it's only people like yourself that can see these vortexes. Uh, and it's something about, you know, what, you know, that, uh, that skill that you have or that ability you possess. Does that mean that even back in, um, when dinosaurs were around that some of those dinosaurs had that same ability or is it something that, um, the, the multiverse just kind of gives you? Well, there are 12 real vortexes in the world that hold up third dimensional reality but are also doorways like threads to other realities. People are always claiming vortexes, vortexes, vortexes. The only reason I called it a vortex was because of a lack of another word at the time. Right. And that word, like orbs, just caught on like fire and went around the world faster than I could change it. But what it is basically is these doorways open naturally all the time. And there's a reason for that that I'm going to get to in a future show. I haven't released that information yet, but when I do, people are going to have a much better chance of finding these doorways open and see for themselves. Besides the hundreds that I've taken to the vortex myself and have seen, um, which is actually more of a mistake than it was uh, a good thing because they all freaked. Um, <laughs> So you have to have some sort of, uh, you know, you have to have the mental capacity to actually even see one. Well, I do, but you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, if mm. you're in the right spot at the right time, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Many people have died at the vortex. Many strong men that are, <laughs> well, I have to say some of these men wouldn't be considered nice people, extremely violent and strong and off their rocker.
but many over the last 30, 40 years have been found dead in those woods and with no real explanation, just dead. And what mm-hmm. happened is they were back there drinking or partying or doing whatever those type of people do. And that doorway opened up and whatever came through and got them, they didn't have a chance. And it, that goes back hundreds of years to the Lenny Lenape Indians who would not let, who guard Wanakue and would not let their people go back to those woods because of haunted figures and strange apparitions. They didn't use those exact words. They used their Indian terminology. I found an article on it in 1993 in an old newspaper that was like 100 years old in a library. And I said, oh, that's where the Indians didn't want their people to go? Well, that's where I'm going. <laughs> um, but, oh, back to, Luke, just back to those vortexes. Yep. Others, have, others have the abilities, too, whether it be natural or whether it be destiny, like myself. One of them is the gentleman, R.R.R. J.R. Tolkien, Tolkien, who wrote The Lord, yeah. Lord of the Rings. That's right, yep. Yeah, believe me, he wrote that book after he saw what was in the multiverse because I photographed just about every single thing that he has written in Lord of the Rings. So I believe he actually actually had a chance to see what he called Middle Earth, which was another place in the multiverse. He found one. I know that there's one in Scotland on an island i don't i forget the name of the island but it's a very special island in scotland where a lot of paranormal stuff happens Mm -hmm. uh the bermuda triangle is 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 one also just like the one in wanaku in the northeast but of course people can't get to it too easy so it's not as active it's not as much um evidence coming out of there because you can't stand out in the middle of the water every night you just can't get out there and it's huge and then there's wanakue that i know of so that's four that i know of there are eight more around the world that i have not nailed down yet Uh uh-huh that was that was uh that kind of ties into my next question you're talking about um visiting these uh these places but you know are you you know, you talked about you saw the dinosaur that would have been, uh, you know, on the shores of uh, New Jersey or under the water because it came from thousands of years ago. Are they geographically, um, you know, you can't move around space. You can only move around time or see through time, right? So whatever you're looking at in the New Jersey uh, vortex has only happened at that geolocation. Well, at the time, yes. I, I've, I've done my thing all around the country here, from Denver to California, Florida, the Carolinas. I can open the doorway naturally because I carry it with me now. Ah, much, okay. Much more of a curse than it is uh, uh, a gift. Um, right. Because I don't get back uh, what I thought humanity would, um, the type of appreciation that I thought humanity would have by discovering somebody like me that actually exists in in our time. But uh, no, there's a, oh man, there's all kinds of different weird things. It depends where you are. It depends. I wanted to go to Australia. I got friends, as I said, in Melbourne. They wanted me to go to Australia and do my thing. I wanted to go out by the Aborigines and because uh, mm. I know there must be one out there. And yeah. uh, 
and see what I can dig up. And if, if that ever happens one day, uh, where I get to go around the world, I feel that it is a 100% guarantee that if you put me on the shores of Loch Ness, let's say for a week, Nelly's coming up because that's my destiny. If, they're, if I'm there, they have to make themselves present, which is why mm -hmm. I have so much evidence. And what you guys have seen so far on my network is just scratching the surface. Yeah. The, speaking of, um, of Nessie and the Loch Ness Monster, um, I was recently looking into um, some of these other sea serpents from around the world, and there's actually um, a New Zealand equivalent as well called a Tanifa. It goes oh. right back to our indigenous people and, um, and oh, okay. uh, in their folklore, there was um, uh, yeah, sea serpents swimming around as well. Well, you see, you brought up an interesting word there. You said folklore. Mm -hmm. And what I'm proving, what I have proved at the Vortex for the last 20-some years is that, you see, that's one of those words that the construct makes people believe. You use folklore, you use fairy uh, yeah. tales. Yeah, um, yeah, you're quite right, yeah. Yeah, I had to actually got to the point at the Vortex where if I wanted to study something, that was happening there and the beings I was meeting, I was not finding any, any hardcore research or anything on how to handle it. I started looking up fairy tales, legends, and stories like that, that people consider, uh, you know, just made up. And mm. that's when I started hitting truth. Right. You know, um, I mean, dragons are real, dude. They are yeah. They get. yeah, I've seen your uh, your pictures on your YouTube series, um, Stranger Universe. Yeah, uh, no, uh, and the um, yeah, some of the the orb pictures that you know, there's the different colors of dragons, some protectors and some um, some quite the opposite, working for Lucifer, etc. Right, so, yeah, dragons, dragons, red orbs are dragons. Right. Blue orbs are Endorians, uh -huh. and uh, that was another word that they, you know, I mean, they had to tell me that their names were Endorians. You know how many Star Wars fans knocked me for that? <laughs> right. I, I didn't even know Endorians. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I didn't even know Endorians were on Star Wars. I, mm. You know, I kept myself locked away for the last 30 years, trying not to let shit come in on me um, to influence me. And mm -hmm. uh, all my research and whatever I say is directly from either what I do out there or the beings themselves. Right. So are you familiar, like one of the things that um, Tony and myself are, um, are following quite closely is um, a project called Secret Machines. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. What is that? So um, uh, one of the former band members from Blink-182, he basically left the band to um, start a a um what does he call it to the stars academy of arts and science where he's got a bunch of people from former cia um department of defense lockheed martin and they're looking at what they're calling the um uaps unexplained aerial phenomenon and they're trying okay. to kind of um, open people's eyes to to potentially what some of these um 
these, I guess what some people would call UFOs, um, actually are. Uh, and he references things found at Roswell. Um, and uh, they've currently got kind of a stretch goal to build a, um, build a, I forget what actually propels it, but it's some sort of anti-gravity um, craft that they're looking into, um, you know, foreign metals and foreign objects to see how they stack up to our, our science as we know it. Well, you see, there, there, that's a touchy thing. See, if he's involved with those groups, especially Lockheed Martin, which means mm. DuPont's in there somewhere, mm-hmm. and you got to watch DuPont very closely because they are definitely in league with the aliens, right? Um, the negative aliens, um, and DuPont owns the Vortex. That's DuPont property, right? Um, so it, 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 that's intense. But uh, the beings. The aliens download machines to me all the time. Their principal mm-hmm. energy is that they use in both in flight and in passing through to here is radionics, vibration. And right. I built, I haven't put the communicator up yet. I've done a show on the communicator. They downloaded me that in a matter of a minute. I built it for $40. And I put a special crystal that they aligned on top of it. And I just have them coming in and feeding off it left and right. They come in, one feeds, they go, another one comes in. It draws them to the vortex. And I also have a radionics bottle that has been given to me, but I don't have the money to build it to actually capture an orb where you will actually see it bottled up. Wow. Yeah, they've been doing that for years, man. They they download all kinds of all kinds of machines. Everything's vibration. See, now you have machines that work on vibrations and aliens that are able to create vibrations that open up little wormholes or doorways or portals. You know, even in the vortex, the vortex is really the big doorway you see in contact behind the alien that I have videoed. That's just the main doorway. In the vortex is like Swiss cheese. And these guys are coming and going left and right through these little tiny holes. Luckily, I happen to know where just about all of them are. And uh, that's a whole different set of mechanics. And then you have what we would call witchcraft. And when I awoke, I was brought in by um, major, major uh, organizations of witches that are not known. Not like the Thule Society or anything like that. Way beyond that. And I was handed 14th century books on magic and witchcraft bound in human flesh. And I studied these books. Um, And right away, as soon as I started studying, after I awoke, I turned to my teachers and I said, this is all alien technology, dogmatic to hell. Take out all these hidden words, apply it as a science, and it'll work. And they got quite upset with that. But the main one of the main things for transcending from this plane of reality to another plane of reality in the multiverse for something that would be here that would want to go there is blood. Oh, and why is that? Because blood holds plasma and the plasma is what they want. That's the thing that can open up doorways. Hmm. It's just like a vampire, dude. Vampires aren't after the blood. They just got to yeah. suck the blood to get the plasma. Interesting. 
And no, I've never met a vampire or either at the vortex. And that's my own fault. And you'll see in future shows why I say that's my own fault. It kind of ties into another um, question then. Is there anything, um, is there any like movie or TV series that uh, best represents how our universe is constructed? Like, is there any that get it right? Um, well, there is one show, one, one television show here in America. It's probably worldwide. You probably have it in New Zealand. And that's called Supernatural. I've heard of it, yeah. Yes, with Dean and Sam. Now, of course, it's a storyline. Of course, they have to make episodes and different things in each episode. And, you know, they have to add stuff. But the basic vein of the show Supernatural is the truth. Multiverse. The deal. Now they just got to the multiverse last year. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to uh, check that one out then. And another thing is uh, another show which I believe somehow somebody got a hold of my research and my story and created a show. I'm not out to sue anyone, but it's just too damn close to me and and what I've done and what what I've brought out over the last 20-some years. And that's a show called Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one. Right. I would be 13. Mm-hmm. But without the power to levitate. Things. Right. Yeah. I can't move things with my mind. But I, you're going to see in super show in, 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 in further shows starting Christmas night what I'm capable of doing at the Vortex. I've just been playing with people, showing them fun stuff. When, when they see what I'm able to do there, um, that might, well, might turn a lot of people off and it might bring a lot more people in. But they're going to get it. They're going to get it no matter what. Why, why do you pick that date as significant? Because you'll find out on Christmas night. Gotcha. Um, is Halloween a significant uh, night? Yes, Or is that a made-up thing? Halloween is the coolest night at the Vortex. You know why? Why? There's nothing there. <laughs> what Every do you mean? Every Halloween I've gone... And the first Halloween, I had like 25, 30 people with me from newspapers and magazines and, and witchcraft, magic organizations, and the government. I have never shot even an orb at the vortex on, on Halloween. And that just tells me one thing. When they're at the day before Halloween, yes. The day after Halloween, yes. Halloween, no. That means that these things are out in public and you just can't tell what's a costume and what's real. Ah. So that's where I figure they are. So so the the floodgates open and they just kind of disperse throughout everywhere rather than just at the at the vortex. Well, especially now over the last 10 or 15 years, look at the Halloween costumes, how great they've gotten and how (laughs) realistic. Yeah. and, and if you don't know the person, let's say you're at a party, you know, and everybody's dressed for Halloween. I'm talking, you know, 50, 60, 100 people, maybe at a club or something. And you see some dude or some girl dressed up as a demon. And you're like, wow, great makeup. You better take another look. Because <laughs> it might be a real demon there enjoying itself. Right. That's the only uh, reason why I think we don't get any evidence on Halloween. I don't even go on Halloween anymore. It's not, it's not worth it. 
So I guess um, it is it's significant in that uh, you know something does happen. Um, do you, do you, do you use the word astrologically? No. Well, I've been studying astrology for over thirty years. I'm a master astrologer, and the only mm. way to become one like that is to do it twenty five to thirty years and mm-hmm. watch. You know, I have thousands of people's charts. I predicted their deaths and their divorces and their children coming in and business and stuff. And then you got to sit. The only way to become a master astrologer is by hindsight. Um, because you make your prediction, you look at the chart, and then, you know, you add your little spice like I do to it psychically, which is very mm-hmm. unique for me and for an astrologer. And then you uh, see what happens. But no, no, astrology would come in... Uh, I believe astrology is a major factor of why we're not inhabiting other worlds right now, or the moon, why we left the moon. Mm-hmm. That Because astrology does not hold water unless you're born on Earth. Take a human out and put them on Mars, and they're, they're going to be all messed up. Uh-huh. Yeah, because astrology, your path will be all destroyed. At because the point. earth is the center of it is that why excuse me because the earth is the center of it and it's based off right. of your position now I, I, matter of fact Devron just came through two days ago with information on mars and he said that we will be inhabiting mars very very quickly now quickly to dev may mean 10 years maybe a year maybe 50 years he, he has sometimes a problem with time with me but what we have to do with Mars is we're going to probably send like 100 people there and we're going to send fetuses. Somehow, I guess we already have figured out a way to grow people in a fetus, in a machine that's a fetus. Mm-hmm. And not only will 100 people go, but they're going to be secretly bringing these fetuses there because in order for humans to inhabit Mars, they're going to have to be born there. Right. And thrive. The people, the hundred people that bring them, some will be pregnant or some will get pregnant and and naturally birth humans on Mars. But those hundred people are basically on a on a death mission. They will self-destruct in some way. Some may be quicker, some may be longer, but their astrology and their soul will be all messed up. So we have to get as many people possible born on Mars in order to inhabit Mars. And that's new information that he just came out with a couple of days ago. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, we're we're fast running out of time. This is flying, but it's uh, it's great stuff. Um, I I was just going to ask um, a little bit more about uh, uh, your kind of background for those that may not even know. Um, you know, there, I remember in uh, you know hearing you on other podcasts talking about your connection to the Philadelphia experiment. What's yes. that connection there? Yes. The reason I'm here doing this now is I'm trying to right a wrong that got out of control that 6,000 years from now has basically destroyed reality as we know it. Human beings like to, no matter what, no matter how long it takes, they always like to corrupt shit. And uh, when the Eldridge put its, in, on, in Philadelphia in 43, put its engines on, Crowley was in Ireland at the big magic stone directing things. Um, DuPont and the Vortex, Einstein, Tesla was there. 
They were all involved in this, and it opened up a, do a doorway to the future. And there's a reason for that, too, that I'll be talking in another show why it's 6,000 years from now when I tell people the truth about what 666 really means. And uh, 18 souls came back. Uh huh. And I've only met three. One, yep. the most powerful one, lives in Scotland in a castle. Hey, I have never met. Another one here in America is one of the top lawyers for ritual child abuse. Another mm -hmm. one is a tremendous healer. Another one is a thinker. And then there's me. And I'm a combination of, I guess, all of them. I'm the front man. I have the worst job the way I look at it. I'm the front guy. I'm the guy that has to bring it to the public. Right. Yeah, that's a, tough, that's a tough sell at times, I bet. Well, it was like the orbs discovery. The, the, when I when contact, I mean, had a number of things. And not only did I make contact, film it in television quality, and, and all that went on with that, um, orbs started coming through. And the first rudimentary orbs, I mean, we thought they were fantastic the next day. But, I mean, everything started happening so fast. Within a week, I had, like, orbs, light beings, creatures, UFOs. It, it just kept going. So I had to make categories in order to be able to keep everything in order. But on May 3rd, 1998, and this show is coming up hopefully Sunday night. I just have to find some more pictures in my hard drive of the actual event. Mm -hmm. Um I broke the orbs to the world at the Millennial Expo on May 3rd, 1998 for the first time and shot them in the room with the lecture. Uh, bear witness to this was Sean David Morton, was J.J. Hurtak, a couple of other people, and Al Bielak, Al Bielak of the Montauk Project. And uh, when people saw what I was able to do, they ran. It had the exact opposite effect of what I thought it was going to be. And nobody wanted to come near me. I was like poison. And I'm like, look, I looked at them, this one crowd of people. I said, you wanted to see. You're here to find the truth. You're here to find exceptional human beings that, are, that make claims of abilities and prove it. I proved it. Why are you running? And they didn't want to even talk to me. But what happened was with the advent of digital cameras becoming more and more popular, the orb phenomenon came right out, got right out of control of me. I did it in Denver, I did it in New York, then I did it in Denver. And within that six months, the orb phenomenon was almost worldwide from people that first saw me do it. They went back, told people they were doing it. 99% of these orbs are dust and basic camera mistakes. Mm -hmm. But people, for some reason, don't seem to take the time to disseminate what they're doing and figure out if it's real or not. I keep showing them. Since I discovered orbs, I maybe only I kept like 50 orb pictures, which are fantastic. Otherwise, the rest I just throw away. Now, all this comes about because I came back through this wormhole. I met Al, Al Bielik, who turned the engines off on the Eldridge. Maybe. The Eldridge went into the multiverse, into another world, and connected through time to a future third-dimensional Earth, which, is really in a, which was really in a lot of trouble. And I came back here, 
to try to right a wrong. That's why I'm, I stand my ground. I never give in, no matter how much money is offered to me from television and all that, to basically lie to people mm. about what I'm doing and, you know, bring doubt in, which I won't do. And uh, I'm just standing my ground because there are people in the future that are highly, uh, that their lives depend and their, this reality depends that I do what's right now. And that's why I stick to my guns, man, no matter where I get to. Yeah, awesome. Um, okay, uh, one final question just before we wrap up. Um, uh, I'm a little bit worried we might get cut off because of this 40-minute uh, meeting time, but um, okay. uh, I just was curious about um, when people see ghosts of loved ones and relatives, um, what what's the connection there to the multiverse? Uh we are boy, that's a that's a, you need more time for that question <laughs> um, uh, let me put it in a simple way you know when people die all the stories that they're they see a light at the end of the tunnel and they're traveling to that light yeah when your soul leaves your body at the moment of death it's not in chaos it takes form of a form of an orb either a football-shaped orb or a round orb. And then you, you could your energy. And then that energy, you're traveling at 100, or light, you are traveling at 186,200 miles per second. Einstein has proved when light travels or someone travels at that speed, light becomes a pinhole in the front of you, and it's all black, like you're in a tunnel with light at the end of it. Oh, yes. And that's what happens. And they're traveling to the multiverse. Now, Sargell, what are you saying? What's on the multiverse? Heaven's on the multiverse. Hell's on the multiverse. There's lots of different worlds on the multiverse based upon my evidence of the vortex. And you're traveling that thin line to there. And you think you're in a tunnel with a, with a light at the end of it. But you are the light. You are the traveler. You're the, you're the light traveling, but that's just what it looks like. And uh, then whenever you reach your destination, that's where you'll hang out until you either realize that that's not right for you or it is right for you. And uh, these worlds, these, these places that people go to, are, when you die, are all based upon your core beliefs. If, you're, if you have done wrong and you believe you're going to hell, you're going to go to a hell. And what you believe if you're good and you true and you truly believe you're good then you're going to go to a heaven reality and it might mm -hmm. be fluffy clouds and angels and stuff like that it's infinite man it the machine is so big that i can't even conceptualize it i only know a little bit of it amazing um okay um i'm gonna have to wrap it up um it's been awesome talking to you. Um, any other time you're, you're willing to come back on, we'll definitely have you. I could just sit and listen to you for hours, I think. Well, I appreciate um, it. I, uh, can I plug my network? I was just going to say, is there anything you want to plug before we go? Yeah, uh, I wish uh, I thank you and all, and I hope people uh, go to YouTube and uh, run a search for Sargel 18, 18's Stranger Universe. Stranger, not strange. Stranger Universe. Please uh, um, join, uh, I forget the word. Uh, subscribe. Uh, subscribe. 
And, uh, and if you have any questions, just leave them under the video. Um, I also have a GoFundMe up there if people want to throw some money in so I can further research, maybe go back to the Vortex. That, that takes a lot from where it is, where, how they have it protected right now. And uh, I would appreciate that. And just keep following the shows because they're just going to get better and better. I'm only scratching the surface. And one thing, Luke, is that if, if uh, Nostradamus or Da Vinci or Tesla um, or Bardone, Franz Bardone, had the Internet, they would be doing exactly what I'm doing and teaching the world and showing them the truth. This is a rare chance for people to actually see somebody that, like me, with all this evidence, and to listen. And I'm talking right off the cuff. You see my shows. There's nothing scripted. Mm -hmm. You know, I make mistakes. You know, <laughs> I do it yep. manually. But the information and the evidence is what they need to see. At that point, if they believe, they believe. If they don't believe, that's fine too. But they have the right to see it, and that's what's happened with me. The powers that be, television, um, um, MUFON, they do not want me out there with this. Now, why? They have every other Tom, Dick, and Harry out there making claims. Why don't they want Sergio Latine out there? And that's because it's the truth. And, keep, and, and I just got to say, Christmas night, I'm going to bring people to a whole new reality and not just Christmas. Wait till I show you what's, what happened on Easter. <laughs> Excellent. I, yeah, I'll, I'll mark my diaries. I'll also tweet out a link um, with the episode and in the description to your channel as well. Um, Sarge L18, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you for having me.